Come on. Welcome to Life Club. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Mike Skillman. Mike, are you ready to do this? Hey, good morning, George. Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it. Mike is the CEO of Faith Investor Services. He's an accomplished leader with over 30 years in the investment management space. He's a speaker, thought leader. Mike, excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, George, thanks for having me today. It's great to be with you. I guess, you know, personal life, first of all, I'm a husband. I've been blessed to be married to my wife coming up on 34 years. Nice. Uh, proud father of uh, three beautiful daughters. Uh, so uh, first and foremost, that really is a big part of who I am. But uh, I guess a little bit about me. I'm an active person. Uh, sitting still doesn't do too well for me. So I love the outdoors. So, you know, I feel like to work out and in the winter ski, golf. I'm actually a hunter. Um I, I kind of laugh. My latest, uh, what we call our COVID obsession, like a lot of people, was to find the game of pickleball. So now nice. we're a bit obsessed with uh, with that as some of our sports activity. So I also, uh, you know, now that uh, we haven't traveled a lot the last couple of years, I'm able to spend more time um, getting involved with my local church and various activities, and I volunteer there regularly. So, um, you know, professionally, what's nice about what I'm doing now, George, is I don't have to compartmentalize my life quite like I did in the past. Um, you know, I've always viewed my professional role was to help people achieve their financial goals. And what that looked like for a long time was helping Fortune 500 companies uh, manage their pension funds and achieve their goals for their retirees, which was a, a great part of my, my background. But Today at Faith Investor Services, while we're doing part of that, um, what I like to say is we're really about empowering people to make a difference in the world in how they invest their money. Nice. Well, I appreciate that. 34 years of marriage. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And do y'all play mixed doubles with pickleball or is that? Yeah, we do. My wife's on the injured reserve right now. She had some <laughs> elbow surgery. So a uh, little uh, tennis elbow finally got to her. So yeah, yes, we, we do like mixed doubles. I, you know, I, you know, play with, with the guys as well. So uh, we'll mix it up. Love it. All right. So Faith Investor Services, LLC, um, you spent a, a great career. I don't know if, if, if you call that with, with, huge companies that, that I'm sure that everybody's aware of and managing pension funds. So big time finance. And now you mentioned you were sort of compartmentalizing things. Tell us what, why Faith Investor Services came to be. So as part of our uh, background at my, at my old firm, Cadence Capital, not only did we manage, you know, large portfolios for, for corporations and, you know, foundations, endowments, et cetera, but we also sub-advise mutual funds and later exchange traded funds. And that is really where, where the, the trends were going. We started at sub-advising funds to really reach individual investors more broadly. And we launched the Pacific uh, Global ETF Trust, where we were part of a larger insurance company called Pacific Life. And that's where I really gained a lot of experience with exchange traded funds. And part of the reason they've grown so much, and you know this, and some of your listeners probably do as well, is they're just a much more tax efficient vehicle for individual investors. So as I looked at what I wanted to do for um, kind of the, the last phase of my career, one, I wanted to do something that I felt 
passionately about that was making a difference, but how could I align that with something which is where the, as an overused term, I suppose, but where the puck was going. And uh, my business partners, so we used to work together uh, at my previous firm, we looked at the landscape and said, you know, there's really a growing uh, interest in impact investing broadly, and specifically within faith-based investing, uh, a growing area, but but not an area that's served by that many companies. So we saw a niche and a lane that we could drive in that was was going to be growing where we thought we could make an impact. So our vision was to launch uh, an ETF trust that we would partner with best-in-class third-party asset managers that would manage faith-based portfolios, and we would provide the distribution, all of the back office support, all the things that investment managers don't want to deal with. Having done that for a long time, you know, most portfolio managers just want to focus on managing the money. So, you know, we saw a real interesting opportunity to uh, come into the space in the ETF business. And so we launched the company just over a year ago, it was April 1st last year, where we have two funds in the marketplace. So it's exciting. Um, you know, we hopefully are making a big difference going forward from here. Nice. Well, that certainly makes sense. And impact investing is I really ought to know how long it's been around, but it does seem to be coming to the forefront as people become more aware of, you know what, I can actually make a difference in the greater world with how I'm choosing to invest my money. Exactly. I, I like to remind people that faith investing as, as part of the broader impact investing is actually, you know, the precursor of all things, you know, of course, the big um, uh, label we put on everything now is ESG, environmental, social, and governance. But faith investing, you know, I mean, some people point back to, um, you know, over about 270 years ago, John Wesley, uh, part, you know, founded the you know, Methodist Church, talked about, you know, how to invest your money. And so a lot of institutions, the Catholic Church has done this for a long time, uh, were really mindful of how they invested their money. So that was really the precursor. Of course, we had South Africa free investing. Uh, to make an impact on South Africa, which did have uh, a major impact. So I, I think there's a lot of good evidence that how you invest your money can change the world. You know, a lot of people really push back on this, George. And I know you've financial background is they say, well, look, I'm not willing to sacrifice my financial goals. And I understand that people are fiduciaries for other people's money, or they have to meet their own financial goals. And the nice thing about faith-based investing is we have enough evidence now to show it's not necessary to sacrifice your financial returns. You really can have both. You know, some of the newer ESG investing, maybe there's not as much data, but in the faith-based arena, we really can say that with confidence. I wouldn't, I don't want to go out on a limb and say you're going to actually have greater returns than traditional forms of investing, but I think it's important to know that, you know, you, you can have greater impact while not sacrificing your returns. I appreciate that. So how is it easier? And you can tell me that my question is, is, is off base. Is it easier to exclude companies from the portfolio or, or make sure that you add them in? Uh, no, it's a very good question because, you know, that, uh, uh, exclusion is really sometimes viewed almost negatively. Like that's too simplistic of an approach. Right. But, Part of what it means to be a good faith-based investor is not profiting from companies that are doing activities or engaged in activities that don't align with your values. So exclusionary screening is a 
is a critical part of the process. Uh, so what I like to say is it's necessary, but not sufficient. You have to start out by excluding um, companies. And, you know, the original versions of a lot of kind of impact investing, that was the beginning and the end. Well, we're just going to exclude a few companies and, and go, go our own way. But it's also important to look for companies that are making a positive difference. And sometimes that comes down to, you know, when all things are equal to two fundamentally sound companies, um, it's going you know a deeper dive qualitatively and looking for companies that are making a positive impact. And so that positive um, uh, view really comes down to more qualitative factors. Uh, it's also about engaging corporate management. I think that's a big, um, a big uh, tool that people often overlook. You know, voting proxies is, is one thing that's very important. It's part of the governance process but also engaging with management and trying to uh, change their behavior uh, through shareholder engagement is really a growing uh, force. You know, our first fund, we partnered with the Knights of Columbus. And, you know, for those that don't know about the Knights, they're the largest fraternal Catholic organization. They're 140 years old and have two, nearly 2 million members around the globe. The uh, thing that a lot of people don't realize is they're also a $100 billion insurance company with a $30 billion asset manager. And I mention that because with that kind of clout and credibility, uh, shareholder engagement really means something, right? Uh, so they have been very active as an organization and, and through uh, the efforts to manage portfolios, not only you know exclude companies, but this whole notion of engagement is really becoming a much bigger piece of the puzzle. Yeah, it's, I, think that that's, I think that's really interesting. I think it probably, obviously super important to be saying, okay, here's the S&P 500 that we would normally be investing large sums of money in, but a lot of these companies are not going to pass um, our, our, our screening. We're going to need to exclude them. But oftentimes you have a lot of maybe smaller companies that are doing really, really great things. And there's an opportunity to look at more of the qualitative things. And we are sort of, I don't know what stage of the process we're in, but in the infancy of really holding corporations to a, 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 a higher level or a greater degree of accountability. So it's an interesting time. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people viewed the shareholder engagement or, or governance as, as, uh, as not that important. People voted their proxies you know, through third-party services and felt like they were just checking the box. And that you know, mindset has really shifted. And uh, it's become a powerful tool to hold companies to account. And you know, different folks have different values. There's a number of ESG in, investors that really are focused on the E part of that equation. Um, and that's important. Uh, but I think when you look at um, faith-based investing, a lot of it is relative to, you know, the values held by the investors that are, you know, follow a lot on the social as well. So I think it, you know, it, it's helpful for companies to, you know, hear from those kind of investors uh, in the marketplace. So the two funds that you have, um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm just curious how you, you mentioned sub-managers so if you could sort of break down, maybe pick one of them and say, okay, within this fund, here's how it's sort of broken out so people can better understand how it actually works. You bet. So our goal on the platform is to work with a variety of managers. That, so we'll end up having an offering that have different uh, focus by religious denomination as well as investment objectives. So the, the first two funds that we offered, I mentioned the first was with the Knights of Columbus. It is a global equity fund with a Catholic values focus. So the Knights of Columbus are managing the portfolio. They have um, 
a lot of experience managing uh, both domestic and international equity portfolios. So this is really a blending of those capabilities. And so, you know, the, the part of the fund is to really adhere to the U.S. Council of Catholic Bishops, which is the defining doctrine for how the Catholic Church implements their investment screening. So respect for human life, respect for human dignity, and the teachings on the Catholic teachings on war and peace are the three main pillars of that. So when you think of respect for human life, um, uh, it's not in engaging in companies that in, uh, are involved in embryonic stem cells, research, abortion, uh, respect for human dignity uh, would cover things like adult entertainment um, and on the teachings on war and peace, it really it avoids investing in companies that make things like nuclear weapons. It would be sort of indiscriminate, you know, weapons of mass destruction. Um, you know, the Catholic Church recognizes the uh, the need for defense, so it doesn't exclude all weapons manufacturers. And and coincidentally, a lot of you know, what a, you know newer ESG approaches, I think, really struggled with that last one because they would uh, avoid all weapons manufacturers. And now they look what's happening in Ukraine and recognize, no, people really do have the need to provide for their common defense. So that's really um, the main focus of the of our first fund, which um, is the FIS Knights of Columbus Global Belief ETF. And so the, the uh, exclusionary screening is kind of what I mentioned initially, but the, the Knights in, through their investment process also do engage uh, with, with management. They also do look for companies that are making a positive difference in the world. So it really does blend both the, uh, you know, the objective quantitative uh, screening out of companies, but also the qualitative uh, uh, focus on companies that are doing good in the world. And our, our second fund, I know you asked me to focus on one, but sure. just to, to contrast what we're doing there, this fund is uh, really targeted for the broader uh, Christian community. The biblically responsible investing is, is a term that you may or may not have heard, BRI. So this fund is uh, ticker symbol PREY, and it's uh, managed by Capital Insight Partners out of Scottsdale, Arizona. And that fund is equity focused, but provides risk management. So it does look for stocks uh, from across the globe of all sizes, large, mid and small, uh, but will also raise cash strategically when risk is is high. So, you know, there's there's a few more things that that fund will exclude in the in the um, alcohol and gaming uh, department. But um, some of the you know things that I mentioned about our first fund with the Knights of Columbus, you know, have have some overlap in terms of philosophies. You can imagine. Yeah, well, that certainly makes sense. So, and I'm going to kind of take you back to the idea that money managers are really interested in managing money. It's what they're really, right. really good at. And your experience and the experience of Faith Investor Services is on is on the, I want to say the plumbing of it, uh, how to actually make <laughs> the thing work, right. the compliance and the admin, just making the thing actually work. And so it's, it's, it's a marriage of Knights of Columbus was already, they were already in the asset managed business you you, you mentioned. So tell, tell me a little bit more about the relationship there. So um, my partners and I have fortune to know the folks there for a long period of time. Some of the key players I've, I've known for over 25 years. And so part of it starts with relationship and trust. Um, but on the business front, when you when you look at uh, what they focus on, insurance is the big part of their business, asset management, a lot of it is for 
what you and I would call institutional clients, you know, different dioceses, different uh, orders, uh, Catholic schools, uh, universities, et cetera. They've been focusing more on investing for individuals when they launched their mutual funds over five years ago. And the idea with the exchange traded funds and our partnership is that ETFs are really the most democratic vehicle out there, right? You know, it's so easy for an individual to buy an ETF simply go to their brokerage account, type in a you know, four-letter ticker symbol, uh, or they can go through their financial advisor, and it's, it's, uh, it's a very tax-efficient vehicle. But there's, there's nuances to ETFs around capital markets, um, how you have to manage the process, as well as the distribution that were significantly different that uh, the Knights of Columbus you know, believed that we could be additive to that. And that's really our value proposition to other managers as well, as we know that space and we can take care of the things that they're either don't have experience with or they don't want to focus on. And our distribution strategy is really digital first. You know, COVID brought a lot of people forward in financial services into focusing on digital distribution, but a lot of uh, firms really haven't uh, gained the expertise yet and are, are really pressing in on that. So as a new company, we were able to start there. We didn't have to convert any, any uh, strategies that we had previously. What a benefit right there, not having the, I don't want to call it a burden necessarily, but legacy systems and everything else, which I know are certainly hard for great big financial companies. So exactly. I appreciate that. It's, it's exciting. Do you have a, how many, how many funds do you see in the future? What, what's, what does the future hold? Right. So, you know, you know, we know that we can work with a limited number of partners and there's no magic answer to that. Is it, you know, is it eight strategic partners? Is it 10? So we will have a limited number of strategic partners and with third-party asset managers that we work with. But then the idea is to have a number of funds with each partner so that we have a broad array of funds by investment objective, as well as by, for lack of a better term, denominational differences, right? So, um, you know, Baptist uh, investors will will identify more closely with with uh, a manager that focuses on that. You know, methods, etc., uh, or just broad, you know, uh, non-denominational, just broad Christian label like we have with our with our fund. Pray. I love it. It makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> makes all the sense in the world. What's been uh, What's been most surprising for you as you've uh, as you've because you're a year and a half, two years in. Yeah, well, you, oh, just a year in. So, you know, like any new company, um, you know, there's challenges and uh, and surprises daily. And but those were sort of the um, the expected unknowns. The the real uh, unexpected uh, surprise here has just been the how warm people have embraced what we're doing. The community of uh, Christian financial advisors is actually much more uh, broad and robust than a lot of people realize. We uh, became uh, partners with an organization called Kingdom Advisors out of Atlanta, which was founded by Ron Blue, who uh, many listeners may have heard of uh, being one of the early pioneers in, in Christian-based investing. And that organization has nearly 4,000 members that are advisors from all walks of firms, from wirehouses to regional firms to smaller RAAs. And you know, one of the most rewarding experiences so far is uh, we were down at the annual conference in Orlando in February. And it was, it was incredible one to be around 2000 people after, after COVID when we're not used to being around that number of people. So that was, that was uplifting in and of itself, but to see uh, that many financial advisors from all different life and different firms gathered with sort of a common purpose 
uh, was really uplifting. And I think, you know, part of what uh, I said, and it sounds like a tagline early on, is we're really empowering people to make a difference. And I think a lot of um, investors of all types, but particularly uh, people of faith, you know, look at what's happening in the world on many different fronts and are frustrated and they want to make a positive difference. And in the past, they may have said, look, I'm going to invest uh, to make all the money I can. And then later on, I'll donate and, um, you know, do good works. But um, I think they really see now that investing is part of being a good steward with what, what you've been given and making a difference um, by either depriving company of capital that, with, that you disagree with. But I think even more importantly, that issue we talked about a little while ago about that shareholder engagement, that you know how I invest is, is just another lever that I, uh, I can pull, if you will, to make that difference that you know, perhaps people previously didn't uh, view that way. I love it. Well, Mike, people are ready for that difference-making tip. What do you have for them? <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to reach back 270 years ago, which, which may surprise people. But, you know, I mentioned John Wesley earlier, and he wrote a sermon called The Use of Money. And I think it had, had three plain rules that really apply to what we're doing. And so I want to encourage people to, to look that way as well, which, um, you know, simply stated was gain all you can. And that doesn't mean through ill-gotten means, but, you know, work hard, you know, work hard honestly and 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 you know, be a, be a good citizen and, and earn wages, uh, but then save all you can. And, you know, saving and investing uh, is really the piece that we're focused on and investing in a way that aligns with your faith uh, is, is what we want to encourage people to really think about doing if they're not. And then lastly, give all you can, right? With as being part of part of being good stewards is that we give to others uh, that don't have. So uh, that's, that's really my, my three-part piece. I'm going to rely on that, reach back to the words of John Wesley and, and encourage people to look at faith-based investing. If, if they're believers, um, I think it's important. You know, I would encourage people if they're not believers, you know, you don't, you don't, I'm not here to tell people they have to believe in God, but believing, uh, believing that they're not God and believing in something greater themselves, I think is something that everyone, especially with the way the world is today is important. So I really appreciate you having me on today and hopefully we've given folks a, uh, something to think about with how they invest their money. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets come up. <laughs> gain is gain all you can save all that you can and give all that you can that is 200 how many years ago uh, he wrote that about 270 years ago so 270 uh, years ago nice love it well mike thank you so much for coming on where can people learn more about faith investor services um give us the tickers all of it yeah, the, the best place to learn about our uh, what we're doing in our funds is at www.faithinvestorservices.com. There's information on our two funds, uh, ticker symbols are KOCG and PRAY, P-R-A-Y, of course, and uh, they can learn more information there. Uh, there's a couple of informational videos. Uh, you can follow us on LinkedIn or uh, Twitter, and uh, that's where you can learn more about us. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Mike your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to faithinvestorservices.com and you can type directly into your favorite brokerage account, the ticker's KOCG, and then the second, which is Prey. That's a, it's a solid one for what y'all are working on, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Mike. to get that. Thank yeah. you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. <laughs>